Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Hey, so I have a great guest on the show today. He goes by the name of Ryan Mishler. Is that how I pronounce it, right? The surname? Actually, Mickler. Ryan Mick- Mickler. Mickler. There we go, Mickler. And he is the owner of Order of the Man, uh, Order of Man podcast. And yeah, I found out about you, Ryan, through Mind Pump Media because I'm a massive Mind Pump fan, and I heard you. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard your interview on the Mind Pump. Yeah, those are great guys. Love all those guys. Good guys for sure. Great guys, yeah. Um, Yeah. So if you could just, we'll just dive straight into it, and if you could share with the audience exactly, you know, what Order of Man represents and what inspired you to create this movement. Uh, Really, my goal with Order of Man is to help men uh, become better husbands, fathers, business owners, community leaders, whatever way that they're showing up as men. It's my job to give them the tools and the guidance and the resources and the direction and the accountability and everything I possibly can to to help these guys because that's what I needed when I started. You know, I started the podcast about, well, about three and a half years ago. um, And I had. Really struggled in my relationships, really struggled in my business, struggled with my fitness and, and just every facet of life. And so I thought, man, what a better – there's no better opportunity than to uh, to go out there and, and, and learn from men who are successful, men who are achieving. And it was really fascinating because as soon as I started having these conversations, the thing really blew up, which was a testament to the fact that guys are looking for a resource, for guidance and direction and how to step more fully up in, in, in their lives. And so – that's been the goal, man, is just to give these guys some good conversations, some good resources, and then uh, change the world through changing ourselves and being involved in the walls of our home and our communities and every way we show up. Great stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a powerful thing now, isn't it? The uh, the art of technology, you know, and yes, yeah, that's that's kind of the what I'm venturing towards more now is just, as you say, just uh, having people who, you know, guys who are who are you know successful guys who. You know, made their way in the world and uh, actually adding value to the world. It's, it's good to learn from these people, right? Yeah, I mean, it, and you're right. Technology is is incredible. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation 20 years ago, and uh, just just to be able to see that we have podcasts that we're connected. What I think our time difference we decided was what 17 hour time difference. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and we're talking. We're having this crystal clear conversation like you're next door. I mean, this technology is. Is incredible. It can be a detriment sometimes when we get so consumed and focused with the wrong things. But frankly, if we use it wisely, like any tool, uh, it's a pretty powerful medium for sure. For sure. And you, so you, I know you kind of grew up without a father, without a father figure, or without, mm-hmm. I don't know, without without an influential or I don't know, positive male model in your life, a role model, if you like. So kind of similar to me. I kind of grew up without a father figure, but I did have I did have my stepdad who was, you know. He, pros and cons really but the bottom line is i was just going to ask you um how you have managed to kind of build the leadership and discipline and stuff that you've developed obviously because you were i I know you were uh, an ex-combat you're ex-military is that right yeah yeah so you're right you know my my father was out of the picture by the time i was three years old Mm -hmm. um and then i had another stepfather coming to my life he was an alcoholic never abusive but just not real present and available Mm -hmm. Uh, there was glimpses and moments of that, but just not not there fully. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then when I was about thirteen years old, I had another stepfather come into my life. He was uh, verbally and emotionally abusive, and used all of his uh, charisma and his power and his communication abilities and his skill and knowledge and, and intellect to, to push people down rather than lift people up. And so, I really struggled when it came to how does a man show up in the walls of his home as a father and a husband. 
but fortunately, my mom always had some pretty good insight and knew that she couldn't fully raise me as a man, uh, her being a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. she got me involved in scouts. I was very involved in scouts at a young age and then very involved in competitive sports, which really helped because I had some great, great coaches. Some I still talk with today, uh, nearly 20 years later. And then uh, and then I joined the military right out of high school. And so I spent some time in the National Guard, including an active duty combat tour to Iraq in 2005, 2006, which you had mentioned. So a lot of what I gained in the knowledge and the experience that I have with regards to how a man shows up was through the experience of of coaches and my time in the military and scouts and frankly, a lot of men who had just volunteered their time to step up when they really didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's one of the things that I really try to do in my life is to step up in my community and volunteer as much as I possibly can because I recognize how powerful and influential I can be in the lives of young men who may not have a father figure or the same advantages that a lot of other young men and women have. So I, I feel like it's my moral obligation to pass some of that down, uh, the same information, knowledge, and experiences and insights that some of the coaches and other men in my life had handed down to me when they really didn't have to. Cool. Yeah, I can totally relate to that in terms of like playing sports and and actually having, you know, lads around you essentially. And, you know, that team sport and actually, like you said, with coaches and stuff like that, I can can definitely relate to that uh, in terms of when I used to, my mum used to make make me play, you know, rugby and do martial arts, all that kind of stuff when I was younger, which, uh, like you said, is very tough for a woman single-handedly to, you know, bring a man up to be a man, right? Well, not only tough, it's impossible. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I mean... you know, there's elements and people like to debate and argue with me on this. There's elements, sure, you know, of being yeah. a good human being in general. But there's certain things that a woman will never understand about being a man, just like there's certain things a man will never understand about being a woman. Mm-hmm. And so there's little dynamics and intricacies that uh, that a man is needed, mm-hmm. needed, yeah. absolutely, you know, paramount to helping usher in the next wave of, of men. Yeah, uh, but it's it's happening less and less, and we see more and more divorces. We see more and more uh, children being born out of wedlock, and so dad just really isn't around, and it's becoming a uh, a very real problem. Problem. Absolutely. I just wanted you to sum up exactly what the the two words toxic masculinity seems to mean, because I know I know you're getting um, obviously you're getting a hell of a lot of support, and uh, it's great that you're you're making making progress and getting momentum, but obviously you're getting some fu- uh, some pushback, right? Because a, a lot of people don't like to hear the stuff you're talking about. Although, you know, it's all, it's all real stuff and um, I'm a big fan, but yeah, toxic masculinity, like what, what is this? And, um, cause I saw on your Instagram as well about a study that was done out here in Australia or something as well about, I don't know, they were insinuating something negative about masculinity. So yeah, what's your thoughts on that, mate? I, I actually don't subscribe to the notion or the idea of toxic masculinity. Yeah. I, I think the term is, is ridiculous. Um, I think it's actually what I, what I believe it is. It's an attempt to undermine masculinity altogether. Mm. So it's, it's, it's not that there's men out there who are behaving in a negative way, which is true. That does happen. It's that when that, that term is used is it's used as uh, a blanketed statement to say that somehow masculinity in and of itself is negative, is toxic to uh, society in general. And, and that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. That is just not the case. Uh, is there masculinity that potentially is undeveloped? Sure. That's, that's our boys, right? They have masculinity coursing through their veins and it's our job as men to help usher these boys into, into manhood and help them understand how to use their masculine characteristics. But you can't dis exhibit toxic masculinity. You're either being toxic 
or you're not. Mm. And, and, and you might just be an asshole, but that's mm. not toxic masculinity. That's <laughs> not gender specific. It goes both ways. You know that's what I mean? Right. So I, I don't really subscribe. Not even, I don't really, I don't at all subscribe or even acknowledge the term toxic masculinity. Mm. That's right. So it's like you talk a lot about obviously men taking ownership, right? And that's the bottom line with a lot of things really is uh, a lot of guys in this day and age, you know, it was, it was different. You know, if you, even if you go back, you know, say 34 years ago or even before that, I, I look at the generations above me, like, um, you know, my granddad and stuff like that. And it's just completely different day and age we live in. And a lot of guys nowadays don't step up and take responsibility and take ownership. Right. So um, can you explain like exactly what you like, what you mean when you say obviously uh, taking ownership and actually stepping up to the plate and taking responsibility and and actually you know taking control of your life? What do you what do you actually mean by that as a, as a man? If you can explain that, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot of people out there who I, I think inherently we understand what it means to take responsibility, but it's we're we're so quick to pawn off responsibility and the accountability onto somebody else. You know, That's like right. if if we're not uh, performing at work, for example, it's not our fault. Uh, our our boss is playing office politics or the economy's down or if if we're out of shape and we've managed to let ourselves go and gain a few pounds around the midsection well that's that's not our fault it's the convenience store's fault for stocking all that junk food and mm. it's the, there's no gym that's close to me and my parents were quote unquote big boned and if we're struggling in our relationships, it, it couldn't possibly me, be me. It has everything to do with what my wife is doing or what she isn't doing and what she should be doing. And if she would only change, then everything else would be better. And it's, it's just a horrible way to live. I mean it's, it, it, it's negative. It, it doesn't promote growth in yourself. It doesn't help you expand. Uh, and it's, it, it's just, like I said, not a great way to live. Mm -hmm. uh, the better, you know, Here's the challenge with it though is that – the little excuses that you make up to give away ownership and, and responsibility for your life, some of them might be true. Mm -hmm. The examples that I use is your boss might be playing politics or the economy might be bad or when it comes to your relationship, there might be some things that she's doing or needs to improve upon herself that would enhance the relationship. And so it's it's easy to take those things that are accurate but then not paint the whole picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just tell the, the half story, right? Absolutely. Versus saying, oh, you know what? My wife it has some areas and some room for improvement, but so do I. Yep. And then taking ownership is about focusing on the things that you can control. So when it comes to a relationship, for example, well, there's nothing you can do to control another individual. Mm. You can influence those people, but you can't ultimately control what it is they're doing. The only thing you can control is how you're showing up, how you're behaving, how you're acting. And then what's interesting about this is as you do this – we don't make our decisions in a vacuum. When mm. we improve and we enhance our lives, we become more influential, which means that the people around us, whether that's our colleagues or coworkers or employees, our children, our spouses, uh, every person that we come into contact with will improve because we have. And if they don't improve, it's easier for us to recognize and eliminate and remove those negative people from our lives and start to associate with some positive people. So it's not comfortable. You know, it's not comfortable mm. to say the reason that my relationship is struggling is because I'm an asshole or the reason that I've gained 50 pounds is because I'm a lazy slob mm -hmm. or the reason that I'm not getting promoted to work is because I'm not doing good work. Who wants to say that? Nobody. Oh, Nobody exactly. wants to look at their own inadequacies. But the more that you do it, the more that you're willing to do it and toughen up a little bit and address those things in a truthful way, mm -hmm. the better off you are.
That's what accountability is key, right? And you hit um, a good point there in terms of us worrying about things that are out of our control, right? It's a very, we battle, I, I battle with that every day, you know, but as you get more and more self-aware, right, you start learning that actually I can't change that. Let's focus on the things I can change. And yeah, responsibility, I guess, is key, isn't it? Just stepping up. Oh, it's, it's paramount. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you're not willing to take uh, accountability or responsibility for your life, then just... Don't pretend like you, you, you want to improve. Don't pretend like you want to get better. Stop talking about it because you're not doing anything to actually improve your life. So just stop talking about it and just submit yourself to a life of mediocrity. That's exactly right. Action speaks louder than words. Yeah, you put that really well there. <laughs> yeah. um, There's yeah. a great quote by – I think it's Emerson who says, what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you say, which is to your point that actions are louder than words. Exactly. Taking action is number one really, isn't it? Because a lot of people, like you said, we, we, we talk about things, but actually taking that first step and taking action is – is vital in it really to get any kind of results in life, isn't it? So, both. I mean, both are important. You know, we. I, I think there's some people out there who take so much action without ever putting in much thought into it that they end up <laughs> That's a good uh, point. sabotaging themselves more often than not. So, I don't think it has to be one extreme or the other, but mm. I think it has to be a, a proportionate balance of each and ensuring that you are being thoughtful mm. and then you are taking action on those thoughts. That's exactly right. I'm guilty of that. I, I I tend to plunge into things sometimes without without analyzing. Like so, like you said, there's a fine line between like you know paralysis by analysis and not actually taking any action, and then diving into things, but then not having <laughs> not having done your homework beforehand, isn't it? Well, and I and I think if you're gonna make one mistake, it's better to make an error on the side of taking action than error the side of not taking that action. That's exactly <laughs> but right. I I encourage doing both, thinking mm -hmm. and acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah, a lot of us men and humans in general struggle with, you know, lack of motivation, self-doubt, frustration. Um, you know, with your background in the military and, you know, being friends with the likes of, you know, Jocko Willink. By the way, those podcasts were dope, man. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, great. Yeah. Always great conversations. He's an incredible man and very fascinating, which oh, very always fascinating. makes for an interesting discussion. Yeah. Oh, man, I look up to him hugely. Um, yeah, I was just yeah, going to yeah, say on, on, the, on those lines – um, what advice do you have for those of us, you know, who find it hard to get by in life based on those things I just said, you know, because a lot of a lot of guys and women in general, uh, sorry, humans in general, like I said, struggle with self-doubt and actually not having uh, the motivation to, to, to get up and go kind of thing. Yeah, that's a hard one for me because I've, yeah. I've never dealt with that. You know, I've always been able to fixate on a prize and then just work my way towards it. I think a lot of people define success as once I accomplish that thing, then I'll be successful. And mm. so what happens when you focus on life that way mm. is that you're so hyper-focused on the outcome that you're trying to find the quickest way there. And that's why we have these gimmicks, the the quick tricks and the hacks and the you know 30 days to better abs and all kinds of other things that are absolute garbage uh, as opposed to, Hey, you just got to work mm -hmm. like every day for the rest of your life and then let the results take care of themselves. So the, what I focus on a little bit more so that's helped me is, is just the term robotic. I try to be robotic. I try to be monotonous in the things that I'm doing and I know it isn't sexy. I know it isn't glamorous, but I dot define success, not by the accomplishment itself, but by the, uh, work towards that accomplishment. Uh, and that way, every day I can look at it and I can check it off the list and say, yes, I worked out. Yes, I went for a run. Yes, I read books today. Yes, I ate right. Yes, I drank this much water. Yes, I had these conversations or I made these sales calls. And then inevitably, you can just let the results take care of themselves. And they will. That's the beauty. Mm -hmm. They will absolutely take care of themselves 
if you can just learn to focus on and be relentless with the actions required to get you there. Mm. I wish that I had some little magical tip or trick or whatever it may be. Um, I don't. I, I mm. think you just got to focus on the actions. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that's, that, I can go straight into this next one then because you. Um, I, can, I can just – kind of link this one to one of your another post i've seen actually uh on those lines then you were saying about obviously the bottom line is what you were saying then is you know we have to be uncomfortable right we have to suffer a little and we have to push through the pain barriers to actually get any long-lasting meaningful results right so um you mentioned in one of your posts embracing suffering um and for example i just wanted to say on 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 that uh, note for example, instant gratification and the short-term pleasures we, we get sucked into as humans, you know, like whether that's social media, you know, binge eating you know, or drinking, you know, just not looking after yourself in general, or, you know, whatever that is, which is going to throw a spanner in the works, if you like, when it comes to your long-term success. So, yeah, you mentioned embracing suffering. Uh, why do you think that's important? And could you explain a little bit more for the audience? Well, I mean, we ultimately we learn we learn best through suffering. We learn best through failure and through struggle, and we mm. and we push ourselves, and we learn that we could do things that we didn't previously think possible. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. It, it's it's actually pretty pathetic when you just keep doing the same things over and over and over and over again. You never prove to yourself that you're getting better in mm. any capacity. Absolutely. It's like, come on, go out there and push yourself and and and, and struggle a little bit. And you know what? If you don't first succeed that's okay you got you got tougher you got harder mm. uh one of the things i've been doing a lot lately is running because i'm preparing for a, uh, a half marathon and then a marathon uh in the beginning of 2019 cool. uh and you know that my, my my uh my split times are going down uh the distances are improving but you know what none of that happens until you go out and you run 100 yards and Mm. then you run a quarter of a mile and then next tomorrow you say you know what instead of a quarter of a mile i'm gonna run a third of a mile Mm. and then the next day you say you know i think i can run this full mile Mm. or i the other day i went out and and, uh i ran i did a 10k you know i I anticipated running three miles but i ended up running just right around just above six and a half almost seven miles Mm. um i couldn't have done that two three months ago but you have to be able to suffer you have to be willing to put yourself in a very uncomfortable situation mm. long enough that you build up the resilience and the toughness and the mental fortitude uh to be able to to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve definitely yeah and i've done i've done a few half marathons in the past myself and there's no suffering like running right right <laughs> it's a it's a tough it's old, old slog it's, it's miserable, miserable isn't it big time yeah, and I mean, I I know there's certain people out there who love running and love mm. other. I I'm just not. I'm not. I don't know if I'm just not built for running. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell myself that. I'm just going to go out there and run and do it anyways because there's value in suffering. There's value in getting stronger, and there's value in doing things that I don't like. Hmm. Exactly right. Yeah, and I'm, you're probably similar to me. You sound you sound quite competitive, and I, I was the same when I was doing half marathons. It was like it wasn't just to take part. It was like right, I want to get a, a killer time. So I managed to get sub ninety minutes. So I got like I think an hour twenty eight was my fastest time. That's awesome. Oh, well mate, but, but I tell you what, though, right? Like, literally from one mile onwards, it was just absolute torture. Like it was, it was out, <laughs> it was out of my depths, basically. You know what I mean? But I still, you know, it. but but it wasn't. Yeah, it you wasn't that, actually. That's a good point. That's because you, you, if you, if you were, if it was, you wouldn't have finished it. No, that's and true. so you just proved to yourself that you were able to accomplish something that you didn't previously think possible, and then you walk away with a with being a better human being. Mm. You walk away more capable, not just physically, but mm. mentally. And the mental component of it is significantly stronger than the physical component. Because mm. if you can get your mind right, then you can get everything else, including your body and fitness, in check as well. Absolutely. So 
you proved to yourself mentally that you could accomplish something you didn't previously think possible. Absolutely. And now you're a better human being because of it. That's right. Exactly. And I was at least like 20 kilos heavier than everyone around me, you know, like they were all, all these elite runners, you know, because runners, as you say, like the build of a runner, they're normally really wiry. They're not carrying much weight. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, that's true. But you <laughs> know what? So what? You know, like I was driving down the road the other day and I saw this gal. Well, uh, she was, she was kind of like, ha- I would say like half jogging mm. and she was severely overweight, like significantly overweight, probably I would say a hundred, at least a hundred pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And my knee jerk reaction was like, Oh my gosh, like she needs to like, I can't believe she's running. But then I thought to myself, you know, you know what? Here's a woman who knows, like, it's not like she doesn't know she's overweight. Mm. It's not like she doesn't know that people are judging her and mocking her and ridiculing her as she's down running down the road, mm. but she's out there doing the thing. She's trying to improve herself she's trying to get better and how many people are sitting at home eating bonbons and cheetos on their couch uh because they're afraid of what people will say that's exactly and yet here's this woman who is in the same boat she knows she's not delusional about what she's dealing with for sure she knows and yet she's decided to overcome her own self-pity and her own talk and what other people think about her and to get up and do something that's going to benefit her life so yeah my knee-jerk reaction was one of judgment uh but I decided to say, you know what? Good on her for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, because I know how difficult it can be. Definitely. It takes a lot of courage, mate, especially when you get yourself, you know, because obviously the self-image thing as well, right? So she's, she's obviously, people like that are self-conscious, more self-conscious, obviously, of what people think about them and stuff like that. And the fact that they're probably super unfit as well. So to get out there and just put one foot in front of the other is the first step, isn't it? And uh, that relates to something else I was going to say now, because you were just saying then about, you know, what, what you were saying then is just essentially consistency, right? So building things up slowly. And it is simple, really. Life can be simple. Obviously, it's hard. You know, I'm not going to deny that. It's, 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 it's tough. But if you just be consistent with the simple things, for example, like one of my uh, one of my flaws is procrastination, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware of it, and um, I'm trying to improve on that. But it's easy it's easy to say, right? Just being consistent, doing the simple things, uh, and, and, and gain the momentum, right? Once you start doing that, Actually, I've noticed from, you know, building my body, getting to the pro level as a, a bodybuilder, that actually shit starts happening, right? But I know a lot of people can relate to this. Like, for example, procrastination, uh, overwhelm, these two things I find a lot of people struggle with nowadays because we live in a world where we are more distracted than ever, you know, with like social mm-hmm. media, technology and whatnot. Yeah. I've noticed, like, for example, I heard you say on a podcast that you organize, like, for example, the night before you plan what you've got to do the next day, Right. So sure. what kind of habits and stuff have you formed, would you say, like like that, for example, the organization thing, to actually help you make a lot of progress? Well, a morning routine for me has been pivotal, mm-hmm. um, getting up and doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. That way there's no guesswork as to what I need to do when I wake up. I wake up at 530. Um, I might read a book or and, and, of course, drink some water and get stretched out and just get my, my body moving. Mm. Uh, I get into the gym at 6 o'clock. I work out for an hour. I come home. My family and I read some scriptures together. We have a little mini family meeting. Then we do family breakfast. Uh, and then I – We'll get ready for the day, come downstairs, plan out my day even before I get started and knowing I just planned it the night before. I go back and I strategize and prioritize what needs to be done and then I execute and I kick butt mm. for the rest of the day. Mm. Like that morning routine has been years and years and years of trial and error and what works and what doesn't and what's the best time and what isn't the best time and when do I get the best work done. But that morning routine sets me up perfectly for mm. the rest of the day. Uh, in addition to that, and you alluded to this is I plan out my day the night before. 
So I know what workout I'm going to do. My clothes are out ready to go. Uh, I know what needs to be accomplished. I know what the priority is because look, if, if I don't have that stuff, it's going to be very easy for me to wake up and hit the snooze because I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I need to do. I guess I'll just, you know, I can wait a little longer. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you don't, if you don't have a plan for what you're going to do, it's going to be very easy for you to, to hit the to hit the snooze, right? Because you're like, oh, I could just wait. Uh, I don't really know what I need to do. I put this off. But I, I, I get motivated, just excited about the day because I actually have a plan. Like, I know subconsciously what needs to get done and I know the stakes at which I'm playing. So it's easier for me to get out of bed every morning. Mm, absolutely. That makes total sense. Yeah, the morning routine is something that I haven't been too rigid with, but I do have a little bit of a kind of routine which I stick to, which like, for example, gratitude. I do that every morning. Mm-hmm. I do some a little bit of yoga in the morning as well, just some mobility stuff. I have a cold shower. So can you just run through exactly, sorry, in in order, if you don't mind, what exactly your morning routine is again, sorry? Oh, yeah. So uh, so I wake up at 5.30 in yep. the morning, every morning, and uh, I'll usually read a book. Um, and, and a lot of times I'm reading whoever it is I'm going to be interviewing for the podcast, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll read for a while. Uh, I'll just stay a little active. I'll get some water and start hydrating. Uh, just see my body moving and mind awake. And then I go into the gym. I do uh, do a variation of – well, I do CrossFit and I do strength training. Okay. So I get into the gym about 6 o'clock. I work out for an hour. Uh, and then when I get home, uh, my wife and kids are usually rolling out of bed about 7. My wife's already up because she goes to the gym before I do, but my kids are getting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do uh, family scripture reading. We read from the Bible. Oh, cool. And then, um, and then we have a family meeting right after that, which is basically, wow. you know, what what are we going to accomplish today? Who has what? What sporting events do we have to go to? Where is Dad going to be? So we all get on the same page with regards to where we're all going to be and what we're doing. Mm. Uh, and then we eat breakfast together, and then I go get ready, and then I come down, plan out my day, and then get after it, and then I get on my day. There we go. Boom. Yeah, it seems to me that. Well, most most people I look up to, in fact, every single one of them, do have a morning routine, and they stick by this, they swear by it, and they don't deviate away from it. So, um, I mean, I really don't like like it's it's weird. It's not that I don't like bringing it up. It's just that it's just been so like everybody knows. That's what everybody says. Oh, just do a morning routine. It's like it's so common knowledge mm, mm. that it just doesn't sound real exciting. But if it's that common knowledge, like yeah. it's probably pretty safe to assume that it works. So. Get to it. Get, get, yeah, get to it. And trial and error, as you said, isn't it? Because like, what works for one person might not necessarily work for you. So as you said, it's been years in the making to, to master that routine, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. And I was going to say something else, Sam, but I kind of lost uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> lost your train of thought. Lost my train of thought. It's all good, though. Um, I was just going to say about overwhelm, though, right? So, you know, you have, you're running a business, right? And, um, you know, it's, you're making a lot of progress and you're, you're putting a lot of work in, right, from what I see. How do you manage not to get, like, overwhelmed? You, you, there must be times where you think, oh, man, I've, I've just, this is overwhelming, you know what I mean? Or, I don't know, how, do you ever get overwhelmed or can you relate to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I get uh, I get overwhelmed quite a bit. Um, but I think the biggest thing to do, because you don't want to be overwhelmed. Like, I like being a little bit stressed out because I have so much to do. Mm. I'd rather be... I'd rather be stressed out that I have too much to do than stressed out because I don't have enough to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So, but but there's a fine line because you don't want to sabotage yourself and stack it too high that you can't be effective in any of that stuff. Mm. So I think it's a matter of finding finding a balance and then creating some healthy boundaries. Mm. You know what what is it that you're not going to do? What is it that you're going to say no to? There's a lot that I say no to. Yep. A lot of business opportunities that I pass up because I do have other priorities, exactly. m- namely family. 
that I want to make sure that I take care of and I, uh, and I, I, I do what it is that I've committed to doing. And so I have to say no to a lot of things, but I already know what those things look like because I've said in my mind and I have uh, an operating system and a code of conduct in which I live by that says, okay, here's what I'll do. Here's what I won't do. Here's what I'll sacrifice. Here's what I won't sacrifice. Mm. And so all the decisions are made before I'm ever faced with the decisions. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. And yeah. having, having your son, that's obviously completely changed your life. That goes without saying, how I know this is probably a broad question, but how how has this changed your life? Like, if you could just explain to people like how much that has made you, I guess, uh, from what I've seen, evolve and and transform even more, right? So, how how has this yeah. changed your life? Oh, well, frankly, it's responsibility. I mean, it's an added level of responsibility, knowing that it's not just me anymore. It's not just me and my wife. It's now me and this this little critter. Now I have four kids. So, <laughs> oh, four, oh uh, right. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I just saw you. Oh, right. Okay, four kids. Wow. Yeah, which <laughs> makes it harder than just one, right? I thought, I thought so that's one why was... I have to say, jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I have to say no to a lot of things and know what it is I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do and plan out my day because, you know, last night, for example, at 5:30, I had my second son's football game, which I coach his team, mm. and then we got done with that, and right after that, we had to run over um, to a neighboring town and go to my oldest son's football game. Wow. So like that, and that's just two of four kids. <laughs> So there's a lot going on. So there's got to be a lot of communication um, and and information happening and in exchange between my wife and I to make sure we're on the same page. And then, of course, knowing, OK, well, I, I, I would love this business opportunity, for example, but I can't because I've got these other priorities. And again, it's just knowing what it is that you want, mm-hmm. knowing what it is that's important to you and then – living by it upholding yeah. those boundaries don't don't let yourself or other people cross over those boundaries yeah exactly i, I cannot imagine having four i mean i haven't got any kids yet but i cannot imagine me having four kids that is busy and considering what you're doing as well with the you know with the business and stuff and keep it well, on top. busy but I, I love it i wouldn't have it any other way exactly and that kind of takes us to finding purpose and a question i was going to ask you about obviously how important it is you know to to find purpose in life in order to I guess, achieve a meaningful life because I loved the conversation you had with Sal because you had Sal on your podcast, Sal from yeah. Mind Pump, and yeah. you're talking about purpose. And those guys actually have, have kind of given me purpose, a lot more purpose in life, really, because they were the first podcast I tuned into a, a couple of years ago. And uh, I've been a personal trainer now for like 12 years and fitness is what I live, breathe and eat. But these guys have made me realize that actually adding value and giving is, is an important thing, uh, obviously. Sure. So... I was just going to say, obviously, having kids, that kind of takes your purpose to a whole nother level. Uh, and I was just going to say, how, how paramount is it to, to find purpose? Because a lot of guys have, I, I guess, you know, a lot of depression, as, as you've mentioned before, is linked to guys kind of losing their way in the world and not having purpose in their life. So how important is purpose? And, um, yeah, what exactly do you mean by finding purpose? How would you define that? Yeah, I mean, specifically with men, I think there's a lot of talk out there that says that the reason men are depressed and suicidal is because they have been suppressing their emotions for too long. Mm. Um, That's not really what's happening. What is happening, I mean, does that happen? Sure. But more often than not, what actually is happening is that men are lacking purpose. We have a society that says, well, a, a large part of society anyways, that says that men are not needed, mm. um, that men are, are obsolete 
And so we have a bunch of guys wandering around who really don't know what it is they're supposed to be doing, don't know how to show up or why they're supposed to show up in the first place. Uh, we see this a lot with military members. These are men who have a very cl- – and women, frankly, too, who have a very clear sense of purpose and direction and motivation and and know what they're needing to do and it's life and death and there's very significant ambitions and goals behind it. And then they get out of the military and they're lost. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, they're they're completely lost because they've lost their whole sense of identity and they don't know what they need to be doing next. Mm. Um, and it's and it's a real problem with our military members. And it's it's not only that, but it's other civilians as well that run into this too. So, I think finding purpose, finding passion, finding something that you're engaged in is mm. is critical. And I'm very cautious of using the word find mm. because find makes it sound like it's just. You you have yet to have stumbled upon it, mm, and mm. and one day some some day you'll just like trip over it and it'll be there and you will have found it. Mm. It's a very <laughs> passive way of living. That's a good point. What I would suggest if somebody says, "Well, I don't have any purpose or direction," is to create it, to develop it, to harness it, to discover it. Mm. And and how do you do that? Well, number one is you find significance and meaning where you currently are. Mm. So let's say you're not happy with work. Oh, okay, I can understand and get that. But uh, you you can find meaning in everything that you're doing. We talked about running. Both you and I hate running. Mm. And yet both of us can find purpose and significance in something that we despise. Yep. So whatever your job is, be the best. Mm. Be mm. the best. And make that your purpose. I'm going to be the best poop scooper that ever walked the face of the earth, right? Like that that could be significant mm. and purpose-driven for you. Absolutely. Uh, Number two is to begin to identify and develop new skills. So what is it that you can do that will help you be better? Uh, again, I'm using this crazy uh, example of being a poop scooper, but no. maybe it's to be the most efficient. So what can you do to your to your schedule or to your your route that you could change that would help you be more more efficient? Or what tools can you, maybe there's a maybe there's a new tool to develop that will help you pick up poop faster. Mm. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so you develop these new skills and these new ideas, and you bring purpose to what it is you're doing, and you're solving problems. Now, so now you have this. Now step number three is to look outside and say, okay, I find purpose where I am. I'm developing new skills. Now let me look out, turn my attention outward, and look at what's wrong with the world. You know, what are the problems I see? Maybe maybe it's obesity. Maybe it's divorces. Maybe for me it was seeing that men are, are lost and confused and don't know how to behave like men. Uh, maybe there's some new technology that you can implement that will help podcasters be better podcasters or access and delivery of information will be much more efficient and usable uh, f- for the end user. I, I don't know. I'm just coming up with an example here. Hmm. So now you've got these ideas. You see this great problem with society. And then you begin to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's why this is bad. Here's the experiences I've had. Here's what I've dealt with. Here's where I struggled. Mm. And then the fifth step is to begin to offer solutions. And the more that you incorporate this five-step process into your life, I think the more you don't find purpose, but you discover purpose. You develop purpose. Mm. And it's a much more proactive engaged way of living than just hoping you'll trip over it one day hmm. and you do have an episode on that don't you if i remember rightly on your podcast uh i don't know if i go through the i just did a uh, a presentation for <clears throat> uh clever talks which is a, a veterans organization that helps veterans transition in the civilian life uh, on that subject 
but I don't know that I have. Okay, I know you had a few, a few different ones. With, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it might have been different steps, but um, something along those mm-hmm. lines. But yeah, just to the listeners, you should go and listen to Order of Man podcast. I agree. You should do that. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. Honestly, like I've I've learned a lot from it. And he gets very interesting guests on there as well, and. It's just Thank a lot you. of it is very apl- applicable as well, you know, as stuff you can apply straight away. Because once again, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, the things you need to do, I mean, it simplifies things a lot, is what I'm trying to say, you know, just stop pissing around and start getting shit done, basically, isn't it? So That's a great way to sum it up. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's such as life, you know, yeah. stop pissing around. And what was the other term you said? Uh, what was it? Actually, speak a lot of them words. Nah, nah, not that. Yeah, I don't know. What, whatever you said, I like the way you said it. It sounds better with, yeah, with guess what I would call your accent. I'm sure you don't think you have an accent, but yeah. uh, what I would call your accent. Oh, for sure. No, it is it is a different accent to the American, for sure. About, yeah, because um, I guess over in America as well, you um, what, what I notice is they, they really seem to like the British accent. It's probably because you don't really hear it very often, I guess. It's like... We're always oh, I just to... think it sounds more intelligent than yeah. than us Americans. <laughs> we <laughs> I, shorten I wish... everything, you know. Like we 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 don't want to say as many syllables. We don't yeah. want to say as many words, and so we shorten everything, and it sounds well. It sounds like we're we're lazy, frankly. Oh, but hey, not, yeah, not that like, is what it is. You don't do it like <laughs> Australians are renowned for that. Australians are even worse. Honestly, they literally they'll they'll simplify everything and just break everything down to like one or two words. <laughs> so, uh, <That's> <laughs> but um, I was gonna because you mentioned about. Uh, briefly about you know losing weight and, and that kind of stuff and I was just going to say about the mind pump guys they helped me realize just as you said then that actually you need to find what the problem is and obviously we're sicker than we've ever been on a global scale right now so you know obesity chronic illness um, it's rife right now so that's where I kind of those guys, guys inspired me to to step in and, and try and find solutions so yeah that was that was good, the point you said there. But obviously, you lost a lot of weight yourself, right? Because you were overweight. I was going to ask you because, I mean, you know, 95% of people actually will lose a significant amount of weight and put it all back on, or six out of seven. The stats are pretty crazy. So how the hell did you manage to lose it and keep it off, right? Well, very simple. I mean, we, we, I think the underlying theme of what we're talking about today is simplicity, right? I yeah. mean, everybody knows it's, it's just a question that doesn't really need to be answered. You know, like, mm. how did you lose weight? Well, I ate better and I exercised. It's, mm. it's, it's very simple. It's mm-hmm. very simple. Every, everybody knows how to do it. Um, how, did I, how did I keep it off? That's a, I think that's a better uh, question just because I think that's what people deal with more. 100%, uh, right? And, and, and very simply, it's going back to what we had said earlier. It's about the consistency, mm-hmm. right? It's about, it's about measuring your success, not by the end objective, but by the actions that you're taking to achieve the objective. So I don't define, I don't, I don't look at it and say, man, if I, if I lose 10 pounds this quarter, I'll feel really happy with my progress. Mm-hmm. No. I say, if I go to the gym every day for 90 days in a row, I'll feel happy with my progress. The weight's just going to take care of itself. The strength is just going to take care of itself. The PRs at the gym are going to take care of themselves. The way that you look in the mirror is going to take care of itself. So I, I think we're just conditioned to be believe and, and focus so heavily on this end result without ever working our way backwards into the tactics that are going to help us achieve the result. Thank so you. what I do is I do quarterly planning, uh, and I do it in four four main areas of my life. So the four areas are calibration, which is myself. What what am I going to do for myself, my own self-development and goals and ambitions? That's number one. Number two is connection. And I talk about, in this context, relationships. So what am I going to do with the relationship with my wife or my kids or colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, whoever it may be? Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is, is uh, contribution, 
which is my ability to give back to the community, my ability to be a man of value, my ability to uh, enhance uh, my skill set so I can develop in business and grow and just be a man of value. Mm. And then the last one is condition, and that's physical health. So what can I do when it comes to the things I put into my body and the amount of sleep I get and the way that I'm sleeping and the way I'm exercising and the strength and the conditioning I'm developing? Mm-hmm. So I have these 90-day objectives in each one of these categories, and then from there I work my way backwards. If I want to lose, for example, let's just take the scenario that I want to lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. So over the next 90 days, I've identified to myself, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Good. End result, that's my target. I don't need to focus on that anymore. Now I need to work backwards into what I can do. Well, very simply, if I work out one hour per day, every day, five to six days a week, that's tactic number one. Tactic number two might be that I am going to cut out processed sugars from my diet. That's tactic two. And tactic three is I'm going to drink uh, 100 ounces of water every day mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm just throwing these out here, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have these three tactics and you literally have – I don't care if it's a calendar. I don't care if it's a notepad or something on your computer where you are literally checking these off your – to-do list every single day and you should have 90 check marks by the time you're done when you jump on that scale i guarantee you you're not going to have lost 20 pounds you're going to have lost 30 Mm. or 35 40 or 50 again the results take care of themselves work backwards into the tactics that need to be accomplished to achieve the desired result Absolutely, and and you, you you summed something up really well then when you said this is what I always promote to people because I've trained so many people over my years now, and the ones who tend to attach the end results in terms of how they look to you know to them making progress tend not to 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 keep it sustained. They don't sustain it long term. So, you know. Focusing on actually getting to the gym and maybe focusing on performance, for example, you know, is my strength improving? Uh, am I getting fitter? Actually changing your focus um, to, you know, those kind of things and those markers are going to get you better results because the second it, it, your, your physique then becomes a byproduct. As you said, you step on the scales and it's just a side effect then of you being consistent and once again doing the simple things day in, day out. So I like the fact that you made that. You know, because it is what it is, really. So you've kept it off, and you haven't really done anything. No offense, I've not offended you. You haven't done any, any rocket science here. It's just a case of tracking everything and being meticulous and p- putting. <laughs> That's all in. it is. That's yeah, all exactly. it is. It's That's not. It. I think there's a lot of times people look at it and say, "Well, you know, look at Martin, look at Ryan, look at this person, look at that person. They have something special or something unique about them that's able to uh, help them accomplish these big things." No, the people that have accomplished things in their lives. And I don't care if you're talking about guys like us or guys like, uh, who, who knows, Donald Trump or mm. LeBron James or uh, pick somebody who's achieved just some incredible, incredible results in their lives. It's not that they're special. No. It's that they've done some some basic things very well, consistently over long periods of time, and inevitably the results have just, again, taken care of themselves. They just do. It's a natural principle. And it applies at every facet of life. That's right. That's, that's totally right. Okay, I've just got like one or two more questions for you now, Roy. And sure. um, yeah, you've covered like pretty much condensed the questions down anyway. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, hopefully we're giving good value. So Definitely, mate. Good. So I was just going to say about um, about depression. So I'm, I, I've had mates and family members and myself when I was younger as well. I had some issues, mental health issues. And yeah, it's, it's obviously rife now. It's, it's an epidemic and they reckon... 
with the way it's going now, by 2020, depression is going to be uh, the, the, the lead in disability, if you like, in, in humans. So, you know, it's becoming a, a major, major problem. And obviously, for people like me and you to say, you know, I guess some people like, put, pull yourself together, you know, grow some balls or whatever it is, it's, it's easy to say, right? But obviously, you know, suck it up or whatever it is. I know a lot of it comes down to purpose and people actually applying themselves in life. I'm aware of that. But a lot of times, you know, people people need help, right? So I was just going to say, um, you know, what's your take or like, have you got any kind of management tools? I know you're not like a really, I'm not saying you're a, you know, a, a psychiatrist or anything, but do you have any management tools yourself? Or I'm sure you've encountered some people who've suffered with uh, mental health issues. Is there any tips you'd have for people? Look, I mean, there's there's some some people that are dealing with like a, a a a diagnosable medical condition that need to get that addressed medically, right? Yep. And and I would never discount the I would never discount doing that. You you should do that if that's the case. Yep. Um, but I also think there's something to be said for when you're getting down on yourself and feeling bad or or discouraged that you go out and you just get active, like you engage purpose-driven, meaningful, and significant work. Um, just today, in fact, uh, before we started recording our, uh, our podcast, I was feeling down on myself earlier this morning. And, and I didn't really have a reason why. I just, I just started feeling down on myself. And mm-hmm. all I did was I just went out for a run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Like yeah. I just, I'm like, you know what? Like I feel down. I'm just going to go for a run. And I went out. And I ran two and a half miles, and I came back, and I felt better. Because it's not it's 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 dang near impossible to feel bad for yourself when you're actually engaged in doing something that's helping you and or other people. Mm. So I would say go out there and 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 do something. Do something for you. Do something for somebody else and stop sitting around sulking, feeling bad for yourself and do something that's going to engage your mind and your body. You're going to mm. feel better. Um, I just did a, uh, a post on I don't know Twitter couple days or so ago and and very simply I said I, I gave 11 simple steps that I think will solve 99% of the problems out there and I don't want anybody who's dealing with major depression or or some sort of mental illness to look at this and say oh how insensitive that he would say this but I do believe there's power in these 11 things number one eat right mm. the the food that you put into your body matters and if you're putting toxins and garbage and uh, fake food into your body, then it's going to produce less than di- desirable results. Number 100%. two, exercise. And I don't care if it's CrossFit or powerlifting or bodybuilding or conditioning or strength training or whatever, but exercise, move your body. Uh, number three, learn how to communicate better. You know, when you're dealing with issues and you're feeling down, like have people that you can talk with, communicate those issues, share what's on your mind, share what's holding you back, share your victories and your successes and your failures and setbacks, share. The more that you share and the more you talk, we are social creatures, the better you're going to feel. Uh, number four, find a hobby. Find a hobby that uplifts you, that edifies you. Uh, for me, it's hunting. Uh, I've done. I've started uh, jiu-jitsu not too long ago. I, I just picked up the guitar two weeks ago. These are three hobbies that I do that, that help me. And when I feel down, I can get on one of these things and feel a whole lot better in doing those things. Uh, number five, read books. You know, we have access to the world's best information, the sharpest and most brilliant minds the world has ever known. And all you have to do is go into the library for free and get access to one of these books and just start reading and and applying and learning and expanding and growing. And then along those lines, number six is develop new skills. You know, what is it you can learn that's going to help you? Can you learn how to communicate better? Can you learn uh, how to to build something? Can you learn how how to build a website or how to take pictures or 
how to I don't skateboard. I don't know. Pick something. Just develop new skills constantly. Uh, and it's all there for you as well, though. That's the thing. Like it sounds, easy. oh, develop skills is hard. It's all there. YouTube, you know, audibles, books, whatever it is. It's all, right. all the information is there for you. And so. most of it's free. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, what did I, I think I went through. You want me to go through all these? I mean, these are yeah. just sit. They're I mean, sick. These are they're... these are game changers. So yeah, if you can keep okay. going, that'd be great. Yeah. So number, I think, what did I say? Seven. I yeah, number, number seven. Six, that was yeah, number seven. Now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So challenge yourself. Yeah, I think this is particularly true of men. You've got to challenge yourself. John Eldridge, he's the author of a book called Wild at Heart, says, deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. And yet if you look mm. around in society, most men don't have any of those. Mm. But I would say challenge yourself. Put yourself in demanding situations, physically, mentally, emotionally. Not dangerous, but challenging and demanding situations. And you'll come out unscathed and realize that you can do so much more than you thought yourself capable of. Mm. Uh, along the same lines of that is find adventure, which is number eight, number nine, plan your day. We've already talked about that. Yep. Number 10, um, execute relentlessly. We've talked about executing and taking action. And then number 11 is learn from and fix your mistakes. You know, we all mess up. You can wallow in that. Uh, you can dwell on that. You can tell yourself that you're a, a horrible human being because you made a mistake or you can simply say, you know what? That was a tough lesson to learn. That was an expensive lesson, um, but I learned it, and here's what I learned, and he, let me go fix this, make amends with the people and the situations that need to be made, made amends with, and then be better moving forward. Those are 11 things that I've done in my own life that have helped me immensely when I get down and depressed and feeling sorry for myself. Incredible, mate. That was uh, really, really valuable to the listeners, I think. And yeah, like a Richard Branson famous quote is, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Pretty, pretty straightforward, really, but... That's yeah. what it's about, and you've got to stick your head out, stick your neck out even, and you know, take action, isn't it? Right. Yep. Very simple. Definitely. Okay, just to, just to wrap it up then, um, pretty literally covered everything, but if you could just say, like, if you, have you got, like, if you could put condensed things into one or two sentences or, like, a small speech off the cuff to guys out there who are, you know, finding it hard to actually find, you know, a meaningful kind of, find that, that happiness and purpose, have you got any... Anything you would say to wrap it up? Uh, man, I, I kind of think we we went through it. We, we you know, those eleven. Did, yeah, 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 I mean those eleven steps. Like, just go back and rewind. You know, just go yeah, back. Simple. Two minutes and go listen to those eleven steps and. Mm. That's why I was reluctant to ask that. Then. Yeah, we, we say what? everything. That's why I was kind of reluctant to ask that once. I thought actually you just covered it all. So <laughs> happy days. Yeah, no, I think I think we did. Um, just go out there and 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 find things that are going to give you purpose and significance, and use those steps in your life, and and be consistent. You had mentioned that a couple of times, and yeah. and I think you'll drastically see changes uh, in a very short period of time. Fantastic. Where can the listeners find you, right? So if you could just reel off your platforms. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're listening to a podcast, so we've got a podcast as well, uh, Order of Man. So wherever you're listening to this, just type in Order of Man in that search bar, and you'll find us. Uh, you can go to our website, orderofman.com. You can Google Order of Man. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Order of Man. We're, we're out there. You'll find us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your Instagram is just Ryan Mischler? That's, that's true. Mickler. Mickler. Um, Mickler but yeah, it's, right. it's, it's my Instagram is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, and Mickler is M-I-C-H-L-E-R. So it looks like Mitchler, but pronounced Mickler. Awesome, but they'll find that on at Order of Man on Instagram anyway, right? Your name, so your your account even. And that was that was pretty. Oh yeah, I was just going to say to the listeners, if you could uh, give me a, if you enjoyed this podcast, which I'm sure you did, if you could please give me a rating and review on iTunes, that would be a massive help. But yeah, once again, thanks for chiming in, right? I really appreciate your time, mate. Honored to be on. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk with you and your uh, your listeners. Awesome. Thanks again, mate. I'll speak soon. Thank you.